0: section four of the sexes in science and history by eliza bird Gamble. this librivox recording is in the public domain part one the theory of evolution chapter four the development of the social instincts and the moral sense man is preeminently a social animal he seeks companionship and depends largely upon his fellows for security and happiness nor is this dependence upon others confined to the human species Association, or combination of interests, is manifested throughout the entire organic scale. From Mr. Darwin's reasoning, it is evident that he regards association as the basic principle underlying progress. He also thinks that combination is impossible without sympathy or a desire for the welfare of others outside of self. He is certain that associated animals have a feeling of affection for the group, and that they sympathize with one another in times of distress and danger this writer thinks that an animal like the gorilla which possessing great size and strength is able to defend itself against all its enemies would not become social and therefore would be unable to advance and this too notwithstanding the fact that such an animal has already developed pugnacity courage and perseverance the characters which are regarded as the source of the remarkable mental endowment of man We have seen that the greater size of the male is the result of sexual selection and is therefore a secondary sexual character. All the secondary sexual characters of man are highly variable. In dealing with this subject, we must not lose sight of the fact that variability denotes low organization. It shows that the organs of the body have not become specialized to perform their legitimate functions among monogamous animals difference in size between the sexes is slight but among polygamous species the male is considerably larger than the female this difference being correlated with numerous variations of structure among early races males were considerably in excess of females so it was customary for the former to fight desperately to win the favor of the latter in much the same manner as their animal progenitors had fought to secure their mates these struggles were enacted in the presence of the females they always choosing the strongest and best endowed leaving the weaker and uglier members of the group unmated and therefore unable to propagate their misfortunes this exercise of choice by the female in pairing is the primary fact in the history of human progress the appalling effects of the withdrawal from women of this fundamental prerogative will be referred to later in these pages that pugnacity courage and perseverance are the result of man's strong sexual nature is shown wherever this subject is touched upon in the descent of man special attention is directed to the fact that eunuchs are deficient in these qualities that the greater size and strength of the male together with courage pugnacity and perseverance have been of great value to him in deciding the contests between rivals in courtship is quite true It is clear however that these characters are in no wise responsible for the origin and development of the higher faculties even mr darwin's premises when carried to their legitimate conclusions furnish sufficient evidence to prove that the social instincts and the moral sense have been developed quite independently of these characters according to the reasoning of the savants It is only through that specialization of organs which has resulted in the separation of the sex elements and the consequent division of functions that the social instincts have originated and that it is to processes involved in such specialization or differentiation that the higher faculties and the moral sense have a reason it is indeed plain from their reasoning that matter or perhaps i should say the force inherent in matter had to be raised to a certain dynamic order before the peculiar quality of brain and nerve necessary for the development of these faculties could be manifested through it. As there are different kinds of matter, so there are different modes of force in the universe. And as we arise from the common physical matter in which physical laws hold sway up to chemical matter and chemical forces, and from chemical matter again up to living matter and its modes of force, So do we rise in the scale of life from the lowest kind of living matter with its corresponding force or energy through different kinds of histological elements with their corresponding energies or functions up to the highest kind of living matter and corresponding mode of force with which we are acquainted namely nerve element and nerve force but when we have got to nerve element and nerve force It behooves us not to rest content with a general idea, but to trace with attentive discrimination through the nervous system the different kinds of nervous cells and their different manifestations of energy. So also shall we obtain the groundwork for a true conception of the relations of mind and the nervous system. We have seen that the nervous system not only regulates most of the existing functions of the body but that it has indirectly influenced the development of various bodily structures and certain mental qualities and that these powers of mind depend on the development of the brain by our guides in this matter we are assured that the most important difference observed between man and the lower animals is the conscience hence if we would understand how it has been possible for man to rise to his present position we must know something of the processes involved in the development of the social instincts through which have originated conscience and a desire for the welfare of others outside of self the importance of these instincts in the development of conscience is thus set forth by mr darwin any animal whatever endowed with well-marked social instincts the parental and filial affections being here included would inevitably acquire a moral sense or conscience as soon as its intellectual faculties had become as well or nearly as well developed as in man sympathy we are told is the foundation stone of the social instincts from facts which are everywhere presented among the forms of life below man it is evident that sympathy was developed at an early stage of animal life it is doubtless strongly manifested in our ape-like progenitors and it was probably this instinct which subsequently led to a community of interest and the coherence of the tribe. In a consideration, therefore, of this question of sex development and the origin of the progressive principle, if, as we are assured, sympathy constitutes the foundation stone of the social instincts, and if it is to these instincts that we are to look for the origin of the moral sense, or conscience, a faculty which constitutes the fundamental difference between the human species and the lower orders of life, the question naturally arises. In which of the two diverging lines of sexual demarcation has a sympathy or an interest in the well-being of others? For an answer to our question we must look carefully to the facts connected with the development of the sexes within one of which have been acquired characters tending towards the welfare of society or of individuals outside of self, within the other characters looking only towards selfish gratification. Within the former, the maternal instinct predominates, within the latter, passion. Mr. Darwin admits that parental and filial affection lies at the base of the social instincts, and gives us his opinion that this quality is the result of natural selection, that those individuals, which bestowed upon their offspring the greatest care and attention, would survive and multiply at the expense of others in which this instinct was less developed therefore in pursuing the inquiry of sex function and sex development a question of considerable significance is at this point suggested within which parent is observed the greater tendency to bestow care and attention upon offspring we are assured that the animal family is especially maternal so soon as a female bird has laid her eggs she is animated only by one desire neither the promise of abundant food nor the fear of bullets is able to divert her purpose although the males among the more highly developed birds assist in rearing the family amongst the various species it is only the female which cares for the young the male duck has no interest in his progeny neither has the male eider of the male turkeys mr letourneau says that they do much worse They often devour the eggs of their females, and thus oblige the latter to hide them. Female turkeys join each other with their young ones for greater security, and thus form troops of from sixty to eighty individuals, led by the mothers, and carefully avoiding the old males, who rush on the young ones and kill them by violent blows on the head with their beaks. The males of various other species, jealous of the attentions of the mothers, during the time that their efforts are directed toward the maintenance of their brood often kill their young regarding the subject of paternal care mr letourneau observes it is important to notice that amongst birds the fathers devoid of affection generally belong to the less intelligent and are most often polygamous. by observing the habits of cuckoos the fact has been ascertained that among them the maternal instinct is almost entirely lacking of the cuckoo it has been remarked that it is a discontented ill-conditioned passionate in short decidedly unamiable bird its note is typical of its habits and character the same abruptness insatiability eagerness the same rage are noticeable in its whole conduct the cuckoos are notoriously unsociable even in migration individualistic they jealously guard their territorial preserves and verify in many ways the old myth that they are sparrow-hawks in disguise. The parasitic habit is consonant with their general character. The species consists predominantly of males. The preponderance is probably about five to one, though one observer makes it five times greater. In so male a species it is not surprising to find it to generate maternal instincts. Regarding spiders and the greater number of insects, We are told that the males entirely neglect their young. It is in the female that the care for offspring first awakens, and this is natural, for the eggs have been formed in her body. She has laid them, and has been conscious of them. They form, in a way, an integral part of her individuality. With insects, maternal forethought sometimes amounts to a sort of divine prescience which the doctrine of evolution alone can explain. Among the males of mammals below man the love of offspring seems to be almost entirely wanting we must here remark that whatever the form of sexual association among mammals the male has always much less affection for his young than the female even in monogamous species when the male keeps with the female he does so more as chief than as father at times he is inclined to commit infanticide and to destroy the offspring which by absorbing all the attention of his female thwart his amours thus among the large felines the mother is obliged to hide her young ones from the male during the first few days after birth to prevent his devouring them the fact is obvious that among the orders of life below man but little paternal affection has been developed and with a more extended knowledge of the past history of the human race comes the assurance that under earlier conditions of society and in fact until a comparatively recent time little notice was taken of the paternal relation that kinship and all the rights of succession were reckoned through the mother in other words motherhood was the primary bond by which society was bound together although under higher conditions of civilized life males have at length come to manifest much interest in the well-being of their offspring yet that paternal affection is not a primary instinct is shown by the fact that such interest even at the present time extends only to those individuals born in wedlock. Men are solicitous only for the welfare of those who are to succeed to their names and fortunes. Hence, although in later times the paternal instinct has been considerably reinforced, it is plain that the interest of others for their offspring has in the past been largely the result of custom, association, pride, desire for self-perpetuation or duplication, or some other form of self-aggrandizement mr darwin says the feeling of pleasure from society is probably an extension of the parental or filial affections since the social instinct seems to be developed by the young remaining for a long time with their parents although mr darwin does not admit it from his reasoning it is plain that the maternal instinct is the root whence sympathy has sprung and that it is the source whence the cohesive quality in the tribe originated regarding the importance of association or combination in early groups mr darwin remarks when two tribes of primeval man living in the same country came into competition if other circumstances being equal the one tribe included a great number of courageous sympathetic and faithful members who were always ready to warn each other of danger to aid and defend each other this tribe would succeed better and conquer the other selfish and contentious people will not cohere and without coherence nothing can be effected. a tribe reaching the above qualities would spread and be victorious over other tribes thus the social and moral qualities would tend slowly to advance and be diffused throughout the world since then it has been proved by scientists that without an association of interests and the coherence of the tribe the social instincts must have remained weak and since it has been shown by them that without concerted action the higher faculties including the moral sense could not have been developed and since furthermore the influences which have led to this development are those growing out of the maternal instincts may we not conclude that all of those qualities which make man preeminently a social animal his love of society his desire for the good will of his kind his perception of right and wrong, and finally, that sympathy which at last, gradually extending beyond the limits of race and country, proclaims the brotherhood of man and the unity of life on the earth, all these characteristics are but an extension of maternal affection, an outgrowth of that early bond between mother and child, which, while affecting the entire line of development, still remains unchanged and unchangeable. End of section 4